Part 1 Nehemiah's Prayer for the Wounded Spirit Introduction The most important truth about love is that it is not a feeling or a state of mind. It is the person of Christ expressing himself to and through us. The Bible says in Romans 8.38-39, I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Yeshua our Lord. The life of Christ is the standard of love. God created us to need love above everything. Our need makes us the perfect complement to God, because God is love. 1 John 4, 8 he is everything we need, and we are everything He wants to give Himself to. Whenever our need for love is met with a traumatic experience such as rape, molestation, violence, abandonment, or neglect, our spirits are wounded, and a deficit forms in our soul. The victim of the trauma will continue to pursue relationships where that injury will happen because that is how they know love to be expressed. For example, if a person's need for love is met with physical abuse, the victim of the abuse will often find themselves in those same types of relationships. This cyclical behavior is universal among victims of trauma, whether it is sexual, physical, verbal, or emotional. We have been in abusive relationships and know friends and loved ones who have been in them as well. But why do we repeatedly fall into the same trap? The answer is simple. After extended periods of time suffering in dysfunctional relationships with parents, family, and loved ones during our childhood and adult years, we are conditioned to believe that abuse is an acceptable expression of love. And whatever a person understands love to be, that is what they are going to pursue. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines a deficit as a lack or impairment in a functional capacity. When a person suffers traumatic experiences, it impairs their ability to function in a genuine loving relationship with Christ and others. This is due to our composition as spirit first, soul second, that is mind, will, and emotions, and body third, 1 Thessalonians 5.22-24. When a person experiences trauma, that wound takes place in the spirit first. Then an impairment forms in the soul, and from that impairment comes self-destructive behaviors. For the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? Proverbs 18.14 The truth is, no one can, and when we try to bear it without addressing the origin and perpetrator of the wound, we only commit the same offenses against others that were committed against us. Whenever we do not seek the Lord to heal the wound, we automatically turn to pleasure for relief. These pleasures include sex, pornography, drugs, shopping, food, accomplishment, and popularity. This temporary relief from the pain in the spirit man is spoken of in Jeremiah 6.14, where he states, They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. There is no peace or healing because the pleasure is as vapor in our spirit. Once we commit the act, the feeling is gone and we return to the reality of the wound. 
The pain compels us to keep indulging more and more, worsening the original wound. The soul, from taking in the counterfeit medicine of sin to heal the wounded spirit, suffers tremendously during this period. It experiences a double jeopardy, where the sin provides temporary relief, but the after-effects of enslavement to the sin are ten times worse. We were never meant to look to evil to find good. Romans 3, verses 7-8 through 8. No one who practices sin will ever escape its grip, even if it is to find healing. Scripture says, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. There is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit, neither hath he power in the day of death, and there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. John 8.34 and Ecclesiastes 8.8 We experience this double jeopardy because our brains are hardwired with the chemical dopamine, which reinforces whatever behavior brings us pleasure. Every time we engage in sinful pleasure, the dopamine in our brains releases, working to make our self-indulgent state permanent by creating an addiction. This process enslaves us to the sin because the dopamine rewires our brains to live for the addiction. The damage inflicted by the soul's enslavement to sin always appears in the body. Hosea 7, 8-9 says, Ephraim, he hath mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers have devoured his strength, and he knoweth it not. Yea, gray hairs are here and there upon him, yet he knoweth it not. Sin blackens a person with death from the inside. It saps their life away and ages them without any notice. As a slave passes his years without seeing any difference in them because his condition is permanent, so a person who is a slave to sin cannot see their body deteriorating because they are convinced their wound is permanent and can only be treated with sinful pleasure. Without divine intervention, the decline will continue until the person is dead, having never obtained healing for the wound. The wounded spirit and its consequences on the soul and body are illustrated for us in Proverbs 25:28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. When our spirits are wounded, they cannot be governed as they are seeking healing and rest. When healing and rest do not come because we have not turned to Christ, we become bitter and reckless in our decision-making, causing us to be open to any sin. Many believers who turn to sinful pleasure before surrendering to Christ are realizing just how long it takes to fully recover from the wound due to the added damage of sin on their soul and body. Full healing of the spirit, soul, and body is possible, and though this process is long, it can be accomplished if we address the wound in the spirit man first. Nehemiah, the man of God, is an excellent model for us to learn from in this matter, as he is known for reconstructing Jerusalem from the ashes of destruction. He rebuilt the walls, repaired the gates that had been burned down, and brought righteousness and justice to the citizens of Jerusalem as governor. Prior to his departure for Jerusalem from Persia, he prayed to God, seeking healing for the reason Jerusalem was destroyed to begin with, the national wound in the spirit of Israel. Though their wounded spirit was a result of their sin, Nehemiah's prayer in Nehemiah 1, 5-11 
provides us with step-by-step instructions on how to be healed of our wounded spirit. However, before giving us these instructions, Nehemiah recounts the condition of the city in chapter 1, verses 1-4, through New American Standard Bible. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Kislev in the twentieth year, while I was in Susa, the capital, that Hanani, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. They said to me, The remnant there in the province who survived the captivity are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. How was the literal condition of Jerusalem applicable to our spiritual condition? We can apply it this way. The captives are a picture of God's wounded people who turn to sin for healing instead of Him. The gates are a picture of our souls, and the walls a picture of our bodies. When we turn to sin for healing, we become its captive. And if we survive our captivity and escape by returning to Christ, we will find ourselves repairing souls that are burning with sinful lusts and bodies broken down in health. Turning now to Nehemiah 1, verses 5-11, through 11, we will learn invaluable lessons about how we can fully recover from the wounded spirit through each verse of his prayer.